We're through round one of the NBA playoffs and MLB slash Atlanta Braves. The freeze stops by for a quick minute. Plus, Mr. Brown goes deep into the conspiracy around pitching in 2021. This is the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Stay tuned. Welcome, welcome back once again to the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. This is Chad the Mark with my boys. Mr. Brown. And? Canadian Biggie. And we are back, and we got the garage door open in the main cave. It's been raining the past, like, three days, it seems like. But you know what? We had some fun already this evening. We got to talk to a guy who is a legend with Atlanta baseball, the freeze. If you don't know what the freeze is, simply just YouTube it, and you're going to have a good laugh, especially when the fat guy falls down, right? Not only the fat guy, he did fall down. He thought he had a one, but also Usain Bolt wants no part of. It. He want he doesn't want that smoke. Nope. You don't want that. We we were asking if it was going to be like a, a Mayweather uh, coming out of retirement to fight a YouTuber, and you know it doesn't look like it's going to happen. He said he wish he would. That's okay though. But you know what? We got some other baseball stuff we're going to get to. I'm going to the teaser here is Mr. Brown has uncovered a conspiracy. Is that fair to say? Would you call it a conspiracy? You call whatever you want, but the stats back it up. All right, so you know you may believe him, you may not believe him, but he's got he's got a pretty compelling case to make about what's going on with pitching and baseball. So we're definitely going to get to that. But before, did you hear the news? Breaking news! I, I wish I had like the sound bite where I could just play like the. Bum, 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 bum. This is the decision part two. <laughs> this is the LeBron James has announced officially. That he is retiring number 23 and is switching to number six. I wish it was just retiring in general, but it's not. There is a, uh, you know, a line that goes with that. And that is he's not retiring it until after Space Jam 2 comes out. You got to get that merch. Have you seen any of the trailers for this yet, Space Jam? I have not. I don't have any interest in it. Uh, He's wearing six in the movie, correct? I thought he was wearing 23 in the movie. I yeah, thought they said he was wearing six is why he's moving. I believe it's 23 okay. in the movie. He's, not, they're gonna, he's gonna be like, yeah, just go digitally, digitally uh, go back and fix it for okay. me. <laughs> yeah. Uh the kids nowadays associate with Looney Tunes at all? None that I know. I mean, I don't even know if my kids do. I mean, the one like Pepe Le Pew, he's been No, 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 you can't talk about Pepe Exactly. Le Pew. So no, they don't. He's been canceled. <laughs> they don't associate. <laughs> you see what he's saying, they're all gone. No. So how's LeBron in this movie? He's it's gonna be bad. I did see that. Who's just like in the NBA, he gets to pick which tunes are on his squad. <laughs> I just think it's funny that the guy as woke as he is is in a movie with all these outlawed cartoon characters. Wait a minute though. So AD, he's he traded in the movie. those two. AD's oh, in the movie. Oh, gotcha. He's like the villain. What? What? He's like electric or something. I don't know. Captain Brow. Captain Brow, that yeah. might be his name. So it's him, Damian Lillard, Clay Thompson, and who else? Kendrick oh. Perkins? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> Kendrick wants to be in there. I can tell you who it's not. It's Andre Drummond. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's pissed at the Lakers. Uh, if your wife ever looks at you the way that LeBron looks at Andre Drummond, it's time to go ahead and get a lawyer. That's right. <laughs> Lakers treated uh, Andre Drummond the way he treated Sam from iCarly. Yeah. It was over in four days. Uh, I don't get that reference, but uh, I'm sure some of our listeners will. That's fine. All right, enough trashing LeBron and Space Jam. We're probably not going to watch it. It's not going to be uh, Uncle Drew anyway. 
I wish that was somewhat entertaining. But I loved Uncle Drew. Right. So let, let's talk about the actual playoffs that the Lakers are not in and LeBron's not in. So the ESPN and the networks, they got to be scrambling now because how are you going to build ratings? And, you know, obviously you got a, a mega matchup in the East with the Bucks and the Nets, right? Like that should be pulling people in. But it doesn't look like it's going to do the job, is it? Uh, even with Harden out, the Bucks aren't competitive. They've been two blowouts. Is Blake Griffin this much of a problem for uh, Giannis? You know, he saved not dunking for like three years just for this series. <laughs> I've been preparing for three years just for this. It's bad. Not only that, I feel like we've wrote off Kevin Durant. I mean, like, he's probably one of the top three purest scores of all time, given the height and the, the skill set with his shooting. He's healthy. He's bombing. He's doing his thing. So, I mean, just with Durant in the East back in the day was lethal enough. But now you give him, you know, Harden if he's healthy and then Uncle Drew. I mean, my God. I think the problem with Durant is everybody just hates him because he's he's so soft off the court. On the court, I think he's fine. And he come back back from the Achilles. You never know how that's going to go. He didn't play all year. If you look at his numbers coming off the Achilles and games he's played this year and through the playoffs, 32 a game and – to hit on what you said, Mr. Brown, in my opinion, he's the smoothest, easiest scorer in the history of the league. He can do it inside, outside, transition, post, perimeter, shoots a good percentage. I mean, that's pure score. He don't even have to work for it. The oh. news about him going out with the porn star and bringing a backup date ain't even enough to derail him right now. No. I, I mean, <laughs> you should have known. I'm buying that stock. <laughs> Lena Rhodes isn't buying Which one, Lena Rhodes or the uh, the backup girlfriend or just KD in general? Just KD. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I know it comes with some baggage, but Lana looks all right, man. Come on, KD. You don't need a backup As long as that. he doesn't go the Jimmy G route from here with his play. <laughs> That's right. Jimmy G went in the MILF category, though. Let's just be honest. So they're down 2-0. Harden's out this series. They haven't said it yet. You can tell he's going to be out for a little bit. Do the Bucs make any push at all in this series? I, they'll be lucky to win one game. Is that a push? No. I think I, they win one. Um, and then we have, the, what, the Hawks and the Sixers? So, this is Trey Young's coming out party. So we were talking about this a little bit, so let's just elaborate so the listeners can hear. So we, we were likening Trey Young to who? Reggie Miller. And why is that? Because he is embracing the role of the villain, starting in the garden, bowing to Spike Lee in the crowd in the garden, bringing it up to Philadelphia, giving the shush to the crowd. They don't like him. They're booing him. He likes the boos more than the cheers. I love it. Have the Hawks been relevant at all since Dominique Wilkins played there? Uh, no. I mean, they really haven't. I mean, you, you don't give me your crap about Joe Johnson or the Steve Smith, the Kimby Matumbo Hawks. Like, this is the first time they've really mattered, and I'm so glad they're in the second round. And Trey Young is the guy that looks like he should not be doing what he's doing, but damn it, he is. I like the Hawks. They have a really nice young team. The best move they made all year was when uh, Nate McMillan became head coach halfway through the year. They've been a completely different team since then. Mm. And, you know, he does not have a good track record as coach. Mm -hmm. Uh, Of course, he hasn't been in great situations either. True. A lot of it has to go with the players you have and the situation you're in. You can be a great coach if you don't have good players. If they don't buy into what you're selling, you're not going to be good. So the question is, do the Hawks have a chance to beat the Sixers? I think this series will go six or seven, personally. I can't tell you they'll win, but, like, we go way back to Trey Young in the Big 12. We do. Like We've was, seen him since he was a young he pup. He was a great shooter, but, like, and that's what the NBA is now. I would have never imagined he would have become what he is now. And and seeing online, that that is complete truth. 
that him and the Luka trade is probably the, the most even trade. even trade in the history of the NBA. And, and you know, go back, out for everybody. going back to the Oklahoma thing, you know, we saw Buddy Hield at Oklahoma, and he became a, a guy that's going to have a long career in the NBA, not he, a superstar. He just like 18 to 20 right. a game. And I mean, Trey Young's like the better version of that, and you're seeing it. I mean, he's he's kind of in the mold of a Steph Curry, maybe not as, as much of a – a ball. He's not bad though. Like he's kind of like Steph Curry light right now, right? Yeah, Steph Curry light. He can make every pass. He struggles a little bit uh, with his height at times if you trap him, but that's like the one knock on him. Mm. They were interviewing him. They asked him, "How does it feel to be in the limelight, playing in the Garden in the playoffs?" And he's like, "When I was at Oklahoma, every game was on ESPN." That's true, man. <laughs> I've been here before. We love the Big Twelve basketball schedule. So speaking of the Sixers, of the eight teams left. They are the most recent NBA champion of the Final Eight, and they won it in 1983. <laughs> I was going to say, it's been a while. So you got 1983 for the Sixers, 1971 for the Bucks, 1958 for the Hawks when they were in St. Louis, mm. and then the other five teams have never won it. Man, I mean, not everybody's St. Louis Hawk fans like we were. There you go. Say this about this series. The Sixers should win it. But they have my boy Doc, Doc Rivers, Rivers as coach. And what does Doc Rivers do with a good team? He's the best at making what should be great only good. So give me the Hawks and six. Man, I, I, you know what? I can't argue that. I can't argue that at all. I hope you're right. I, I, I don't even think it's a matter of hoping he's right. I think that's prophetic. It's going to happen. I just think it'll go seven, but I don't know who wins. So we're talking Trey Young, Big 12 basketball. If we go over to the other side, uh, JC, who doesn't see the floor with the uh. Suns, <laughs> what do you think? Nuggets with uh, league MVP, the Joker. So, you know, let, let's talk about the Suns for a minute. So they had a great year. They, they got the second seed for a reason. But go back to the playoff last year, and I know they were in the bubble. They didn't make the playoffs, but they went undefeated in the bubble. You know, so I kind of had an inkling back to last year. I was like, man, this might be a team on the rise. And here they are. And the fact that they already beat the Lakers, regardless of the injury of AD and all that stuff, like that's got to build your confidence. I don't think it's a situation where you're like, well, we've already peaked, you know, and you're going to crash back down. And now you roll into the next round, or you're playing against the MVP, you know, and Denver's not 100% because we know they, they have uh, Jamal uh, Murray, Murray that's not healthy. He's not playing. Murray. But, there's, but they made some trades and they tried to improve their team. I, I think the Suns take this one. I'm going to have to disagree. Okay. I'm going Nuggets straight up because the takeaway I got between the Lakers series and the Nuggets series so far is that the Suns, they're very athletic. They're young and athletic. They got Chris Paul, the floor general, who kind of keeps things smooth. But I feel like they were they were too fast for the Lakers. The Lakers couldn't adapt. But I feel like the Nuggets with Joker and he's handling the ball up on the perimeter and distributing and kind of making the flow of the game through the center spot. I feel like he kind of – he's that smooth, consistent force. that He's the MVP. Right. But I feel like Denver can slow it down and they can, they can make it their type of game. It, when Murray went out, they won nine of the next ten. That's how good and important Jokic is. That. That's why he's the MVP. Do, do me a favor if you can. What was – what was Jokic's stat line in game one? And the only reason why I'm asking is because the um, the the Suns, they seem like they kind of have the bigs that can defend Jokic a little bit. 
Like not not I don't think anybody can outright, but at least I feel like they have the athletic bigs that can bother him a little bit. Well, they don't want DeAndre Ayton out on the perimeter when no, he's no, in there no, dropping nine I, ten I'd dimes. rather I'd rather Jokic take ten threes a game than than completely driving addition. That one footed, right footed with a right hander, twenty footer that he shoots, it always goes in. <laughs> that whatever that abomination is. Yeah. I also think this series will go seven. I'm not writing the Suns off. I think this is going to be a very competitive series. All right. So, so we got two good teams. It feels like a great matchup. Absolutely. All right. Fair enough. I'll say this before we move on. Look at what the OKC did last year with Chris Paul. Under man, made it to the playoffs. He was the missing piece for the Suns this year. Hopefully with this run, if they go deep, he gets more respect in that top four, top five all-time point I, I think he's already kind of gotten there. I think it'll continue. But here's here's the other thing, too. Is Chris Paul ever going to be healthy for a playoff run? Because it, it seems like that's like the cog that's going to fall off and make this all come apart. The answer is no, because he was already injured in this playoff. That's what I'm saying. So, like, how long can he keep going with the busted wing? JC, baby. Never going to happen. They don't want to play him, and it drives me crazy. All right, go to the other side, the Clippers and the Jazz. The Clippers survived Dallas. Survived Dallas. They survived Dallas. You come out against Utah, the Jazz missed their first 20 freaking shots, and you don't win that game? How does that happen? But that's like, that just seems like something the Clippers do at this point. Like, right? Playoff P. They won the first (laughs) round. He should have been ready to rock. They had Dallas take him to seven, and that was in the midst of Porzingis and Doncic fighting all the time because they hate each other. I love that that story. This, I mean, this is completely Clippers basketball. The, the <laughs> Lakers gift wrapped an early dismissal from the playoffs for them to be the kings of L.A., and they're just going to shit it and piss it away because they're not clutch performers when the spotlight is on. They're not ready to have the stable center to themselves because they're the freaking Clippers. You know, the the sad thing is, as I told you, I didn't think the Lakers and the Nets would both make the finals. I feel good. About the Lakers now, obviously, because they've lost. But Biggie, you're, you're like the Clippers, right? You kept saying they were going to be your team out of the West. You I still did. I was all over. You them. still feel that way? Oh hell no. <laughs> okay. So, so hey, we reserve the right to change our minds. So if you had to, I, I'm only asking you because I, I said the Suns, so I'm gonna keep riding them. You gotta, you gotta pick a different team. Who you taking? If I had to ride any one team right now, I'd go with the Jazz. Go with the Jazz. Is that just because they're playing the Clippers that you have such little confidence in now? See, that puts them in the next round. <laughs> and the COVID kid and D-Mitch, they're ready to rock. And by the time they play the Suns in the Western Conference Finals, Chris Paul will be out. So I'm going with the Jazz. That, that's, pro- that's a very probable situation. I mean, I also said Lakers. I'm not ready to say who I think it's going to be, but it's going to be the winner of the Suns-Nuggets series. Okay. Uh, that You're probably right there. You know, so I'm telling you, sons, you like the Nuggets there. I'm with you. Whoever wins that series is probably going to go the stretch. And then get their ass whipped by the Nets. Uh, I hope not. I don't know why I don't want the Nets to win so bad. Well, they've uh, never won before, but this is like the Florida Marlins of the NBA. Uh, except for instead of, like, having this random talent they pull out of nowhere, they went out and got it all. Well, hopefully, no, that 97 was like a – they put all these superstars together. I hope after this year there's a fire cell. I was thinking more of the Dontrell Willis. Okay, uh, so. My bad. <laughs> yeah, I hope there's a fire cell. The Tampa Bay Rays. Uh, I know one thing. It burns KD, Harden, and uh, Uncle Drew up that the Knicks – New York City loves Derrick Rose more than any of those three. That eats at him. That's a, that's a fact. Do you know who got one <laughs> vote for MVP this year? Was it D-Rose? 
He got the cumulative fan vote for MVP for what he did once he went to New York. That's what the power of being loved in New York does for I, you. I will say this. Out, outside man. of Derrick Rose for the Knicks, I think all their guys are like under 26 years old. I think Julius Randle is the next oldest guy, and he's 26, which is crazy. They might I, – I hope New York basketball comes back. I think it's a playoff team for – the next years. several years. Yeah, to as long as they keep it together, keep getting better, you know, they'll right. be all right. Now there's free agency. Uh, there, there's people wanting to go there now. Man. They made it They made it attractive again. <laughs> it, it, a lot of things change, too, when you put fans back in the That's seats true. and you see Madison Square Garden. And uh, You know what? I think we went a few days without any fan interference, right? Nobody got arrested. Nobody went to jail. It's good stuff. No uh, felony assault with a water bottle. We're, we're doing good. All right. I think our listeners have probably stopped following the podcast because it's the longest we've talked about NBA in at least a year and a half. That's the most positive NBA segment we've ever had. We in did our, not just in, shit all in over. In our careers once we got past yeah. Space Jam. <sighs> We're getting paid by Adam Silver. LeBron less NBA gets positivity from this crew. It's amazing. Amen, brother. You know what? It's it's funny how that happens. He's gone and it's like, oh, let's talk about NBA today. <laughs> and And lastly, though, for those that follow the Facebook page, we're very clear. We have a dislike for LeBron. It is what it is. MJ's the GOAT. If you don't like it, don't comment or keep scrolling. But that's our stance. We're going to keep shitting on LeBron every chance we get because guess what? He makes it so damn easy. I, I'm going to sum this up and tell me if I'm wrong here. LeBron is a great player, one of the greatest of all time. He should be the best of all time, but he's not because the way he carries himself. You hit the nail on the head. I told Isaac that the other day. That's one of the reasons he pisses me off. If he had the work ethic of a Jordan or a Kobe, he'd hands down be the GOAT, but he's just a bitch. (laughs) I I can't add to that. I think it's time to go to the next segment. So we're going to show you our interview with the Freeze, and then when we're done, we're coming back to Mr. Brown to talk all things pitchers and cheating. I don't know. You're going to have to listen and find out. Here we go. The Freeze is next. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with another fantastic interview this week, and we went and found somebody that's probably in better shape than Mr. Brown and myself. Is that fair to say? I'd say a little bit. Maybe maybe a little bit. You know, he's he's kind of a, a mythical figure in the, the realm of Atlanta here, but we went and it was hard to track him down because he's so damn fast, but we caught up with the freeze, and he's with us now. How's it going, freeze? Going good, boss. How are you guys? We're doing good. And is it freeze, the freeze, or do I call you by your, your legal name? What's the preference here? Uh, it's the freeze, but you can call me Nigel. Okay. <laughs> Nigel the freeze. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so the one thing I'm just caught off guard with is I didn't know you had this big, beautiful beard, man. I, I guess I don't see it when you're wearing the costume. Nah. <laughs> You got the heroes under the mask, you know. I'm, I'm digging the beard myself. I know it's nice. You, you nice. got How you gonna keep it growing there? I mean, what's the deal there? Yeah, I'm gonna keep it growing for a couple more years, and then I'll probably just shave it off. <laughs> okay, so you're not, you're not quite James Harden level, but you know you're you're on your way. Yeah, I'm trying to get James. All right, so so we got the the Harden beard in progress, but we know more than anything else, you're you're a very fast guy, so. You tell everybody who's not aware of the the freeze and, and what it is you do. How do you entertain the masses on a on a nightly basis here? It seems. Um, I give a fan a head start, and someone in the corner tell me when to go, so I don't go. Everybody think I go on my own, but I don't. I wish I did. 
I'll never lose. <laughs> but they tell me when to go. It's all fun and games. Like, I love doing it. Love entertaining the fans, the visitors. So it's pretty cool. I've been down to Atlanta a few times. We're currently here in West Virginia right now, but I, I'm a huge Braves fan. Don't let the Expos hat surprise you. I just like baseball history. But um, I've been down to uh, the last three opening days before COVID hit, so I love it down there. So my question is, is there like there's no rhyme or reason to how far they let them get ahead, or is it just like is it like 200 feet or just whatever? It's just whatever. Mm-hmm. See, I, I was wondering if you were trying to like size these people up beforehand. If you were talking any junk to them, try like what is there any pregame talk to this at all, or you just sit there quiet and make them nervous while they wait? Uh, I just warm up. I'm to be honest, I'm nervous every time I do it. Wow. So I tell them I'm I'm nervous, and they they are already nervous because they're running against the freeze. But I'm nervous every time. I don't know the outcome. I don't go when I want to go, so <laughs> I'm nervous. <laughs> I, I figured waiting in line, man, you, you'd be going like all out with like the Kevin Garnett trash talk, just to even getting their head even more before you start. Because <laughs> then if you do that, they're done already. No, nah, I let the visitors um, bullpen do all that for me. <laughs> <laughs> right. so, so the bullpen's giving them some crap while they're waiting, right? <laughs> yep. All right, so the one of the the more popular ones I saw was uh, there was a guy who looked like he had you dead to rights, and he was maybe celebrating a little early and fell flat on his face. Is that a one time occurrence, or have you had that happen a couple times? Um, that happened like yeah, a couple of times. <laughs> couple of times. So, so you got to hurdle them when they're down, right? Yeah, I'll try to hurt him. <laughs> I remember, yeah, he was celebrating, and he was, like, thinking he had it, and he looked back and saw you flying up on him, and he tripped over his own feet, and it was all she wrote after that. Uh, all she wrote. <laughs> How far is it from where you start to where it finished? Like, what what's the distance on this? Uh, I think it's, like, 575 feet, almost 200 meters. Yeah. Man. Right. So do you keep track of the record? Do we do we know where you stand? I mean, obviously, it's not a fair race because you're always given a head start. But overall, like how, how you feel like that record holds up? Um, the, the record, overall record from 2017, uh, I don't have it with me right now off the top of my head, but I don't really keep up with the wins and losses. I just like entertaining the fans, like giving yeah. them something to cheer about. So I don't even keep up with the wins a lot. When you win so many times, I mean, no, no reason in keeping up with it. Right? You become <laughs> numb to it. <laughs> yeah. Do Do you have a favorite race that stands out? Is there any one specific that you look back and you always enjoy, like when you reminisce? Um, the one with the guy face planted, and then the one when I went to London, and I got beat on the first day. It was It was just cool to run in London in front of thousands of people. So. Yeah, I did not know you went overseas and, and carried that with you. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so so what was you running at in London? It was a ball game? Yeah, it was the uh, London series, the Yankees versus oh, the Red Sox. Nice. So how'd you get how'd you get roped into that? Not that not that you're complaining. I'm just curious how'd that come about? Uh MLB invited the freeze out. So okay. nice. <laughs> so I saw it was on a picture. Somebody posted it in one of the Braves groups that now, like, you get, like, the uh, the slushies and stuff most places. And I guess maybe down there they have your picture on on the actual, like, slushies. I saw that somewhere. 
I don't think it's actually my picture. I think it's like a drawing of the freeze. <laughs> yeah, but still, yeah. Your likeness. It's your character. <laughs> so, like, it, that's celebrity status if you've ever seen it, you know? It he took over the status from that little slushy dog. Yeah. And now he's we the guy. We don't need the slush puppy anymore. Exactly. We go to the freeze. Amen. <laughs> you've hit it, man. Man, we're going to get you on cups everywhere throughout 7-Elevens in the Southeast. We'll be good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so so what's a, a day like when you're going to run? Do you do any preparation, or are you just your natural talent? You go into it and just run. Uh, I just I just warm up and get ready for it. But I'm still on the ground sprue, so I still I'm a groundsman before the freeze. So, what what do you do uh, in that aspect as far as with the ground crew? So, like during it, before the game, we just preparing the game, getting the game ready, or we taking down BP or putting up for BP. And then, like, once the game starts, we only – we drag at the end of the third and end of the sixth. So, I always try to make sure I go, even if I'm doing a freeze that night, I try to make sure I do my ground screw duties. Okay. All right. So, with no head start, you, Acuna, and Albies, who wins? Me. Okay. I, I believe that. <laughs> I, that's, that's a humble brag. Nothing wrong with that. Have you all talked about that at all? Uh, We – <laughs> we joke about it. See, they go, they they gonna joke, but they ain't gonna get out. I mean, do any of them think they got a chance, or do you let them think they do? How's that go? Uh, let them think they have a chance. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. like as far as like the player access, I mean, is it pretty much just like that? They treat you like one of the boys, or I mean, is it like that close of an interaction with the players? Uh, I like I speak to them, like Ozzy speak to the players, but like. They got a job to do, so I, I'm not trying to be, oh, I'm the freeze. Y'all should speak to me. I'm not that type <laughs> yeah. of I got you. I got you. No, I, now, speaking of having a job to do, though, do the grounds crew guys, do they resent you at all because you get to disappear for a little bit and go have a little fun, or are they rooting for you? How's that go? They rooting for me and, always, and talking junk to me. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a mixed bag. They're going to they're gonna let you hear it, but they're still rooting for you. I got you. Yeah. All right. So you've been doing it since when, 2017? Yeah, I've been doing the free since 2017. I've been on the ground screw since 2013. Man, nice. so what, how did that go? Like in the four years you were there on the ground screw, what did it take for you to become the freeze? How did that process work? Um, It just, <laughs> they came to me and asked me about doing a new promotion. I'd be racing a fan. Like I never knew I would be dressed up like that or giving them a head start to them. But, so was it like a track background, obviously? I mean, because like, why did they come to you and just be like, I mean, how would they know you're really yeah, fast? And then what's that resume look like? How did they be like, we want to do this with you? And then, you know, what I mean, how did it come about? Uh, I guess they knew I ran track because gotcha. in 2013, before it was the season started in April and I was at U.S. Indoor Nationals for the 60 meter dash in 2013. And everybody else was, everybody was home on the ground screw getting their uniform and stuff for the season. And I was in New Mexico in February. So I think it was February, March, one of those months. Okay. Where'd you, where'd you go to college and run at? Uh, I went to, I went to Iowa Wesleyan at first. Then I went to Shorter and then I finished at Kennesaw State. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if that means those are good running schools or not. I don't know how their track programs are, but if you're good, it doesn't matter, right? <laughs> yeah. That's right. got a good program. Nice. 
Now, I have, my stepbrother was in the Olympic qualifiers uh, a few years ago for Virginia Tech, but he was doing the uh, the two hundred meter. What's your brother's name? Um, uh, Drew Piazza. Yes, I heard it in there. So. Okay, good, good deal. See, small world, man. We're making connections go. all over the place. So I, I read a headline. I don't know how new it is or, or what, but something about Usain Bolt talking about you. Have you re- have you saw that article? Because I think it was in the yeah. USA Today. Yeah, it was. He had tweeted about it. Uh, it was some years ago. Okay. What did he say? Did he be like he was like want to set up a race, or he didn't want nothing to do with you? It was um, somebody had tweeted and said that's Usain Bolt. If he don't say anything, that's really him. <laughs> yeah. Bolt was like freeze too fast for me or something like that. Okay, so we're not getting like a Mayweather uh, Paul fight out of this or anything, right? It's not going to be him coming down to to just give you a, a rub, huh? It would be nice though. He could come out of retirement just for that one race. Like Floyd came out of retirement for that one exhibition fight. So, so, so would you want him to give you a head start? Yeah, I I'll take the head start. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, I, I would need to be probably uh, right right center or left center by the time uh, he would he would want to start. I don't know. Right center. You need to be at the finish line. Yeah, just put me on the other foul line. I'll be good. <laughs> All right. So, is there is there anything that you got going on these days you'd like to get out there for the, the audience listening? Uh, what what are you are you just uh, full time with the grounds crew? Is there anything else you are doing on the side? Um, so I work part time grounds crew and then the freeze. I work full time at Amazon. Part time, I train athletes on the side for speed and agility or like personal training. Um, my program. My program with my company name finished the mission training. So I, I train people on the side. Um, I was training for the Olympic trials, but I wasn't top 32. So I won't be going <laughs> this season. Uh, maybe in four years, I'll be 34, but maybe in four years, I be going. But right now, I'm just going to train others, um, apply for some coaching jobs, and just see where life takes me. Where, where can they look you up if they was wanting to be interested in, in the training program? Where can they find that at? Um, they can email me at NigelTalton11 at gmail.com, or they can follow me on Instagram, NoStressTalton. And my Twitter is NoStressTalton as well, so they can look me up by right there. Man, I, I appreciate you just giving us a little bit of time today. You sound like a pretty busy guy, so we definitely <laughs> appreciate that. How many more years do, do you have in it for the freeze, though? For the freeze? I don't know. We shall see. Um, <laughs> you know, my main goal is my couple of goals for the freeze and for myself on the ground. Screw, I want to work. I already worked a playoff series. I want to work a World Series. I want to run the freeze at a World Series. So that's one of my goals. I already been to an all-star game in Miami as the freeze. So I just want to work all-star game and work a World Series. I want to see you in the World <laughs> Series myself. Please, Atlanta Braves, we got to get this together. We got to start hitting the ball. We got to pitch. We got to get him to the World Series because, damn it, if we get to the series, I'll be down there to watch you. I think they're they, – they're going to get it together, man. It's still early in the season. They, 
It'd be all right. It's only June. You you got time. Tonight, they got their first chance to get over 500. Every time they fight back, they fight and they claw to get back to 500, and then they go on a little uh, losing spree. I know how that feels. And then, like, they get there, and then we got to dig back out. So I'm hoping tonight we're over 500, and then we just continue to look back and we catch these Mets and the rest is history. Yep. All right. Well, brother, man, we appreciate you giving us uh, obviously time out of your busy schedule. Uh, we, we look forward to seeing you completely humiliate more fans as time goes on. And, and the funnest thing is when you, when you let them think they got a chance, you know, that that's great. But, uh, you know what? Hopefully for Mr. Brown and your sake, it doesn't mean that you're the freeze for the next 15 years waiting on a world series. Hopefully it's sooner rather than later. We wish you the best as far as that goes. But, um, man, uh, again, thanks for coming on the show. And we'll make sure we shout out your Instagram and Twitter for everybody to get a hold of you. And we do got a, a pretty good following down in the Atlanta area. So if we got any aspiring track athletes out there, or just anybody wanting to work on their agility, you know, I, would you make them wear a costume like that? <laughs> no, <you're laughs> maybe, maybe on the first day. Hey, there you, there go. you go. I, I like mean, the rookie hazing. Hey, look, you know, if I can do it, you can do it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, brother. We appreciate you, man. Enjoy the rest of your evening. No problem. Thank you. Hi, right, buddy. Sometimes people want to know, why should I listen to another sports podcast? Well, the truth is out there. We're going to pull back the curtain. Mr. Brown is going to enlighten all the listeners on some of the things that are happening in Major League Baseball. Because we've been on the show before and we've bitched about why people can't bunt the ball down the third baseline and how the shift has taken over and all these different things that, you know, you can just fix, right? But there's some things that are unexplained. And we're going to get into the world of the unexplained. And the truth is out there. Is it not, Mr. Brown? It is. You just got to go look for it. You got to dig deep. Dig so, a little so we got Mulder and Scully on the case here. We got Biggie and Mr. Brown, but Mr. Brown did a lot of the legwork here. And we're going to talk about something that has changed baseball. Maybe more than the steroid era? I don't know. We're going we're to get into it. So if you're interested, Mr. Brown, why don't you just start off and tell us where the rabbit hole led to? How'd you get started on this? Well, I'll tell you where the rabbit hole was started. It was uh, representing old Cowboy Joe West. Just broke the all-times games uh, umpire record. He did. I was watching the Cardinals, and I don't remember who they were playing. Uh, Gallegos, the reliever, Giovanni Gallegos. He comes out in relief. Cowboy Joe West sees the substance on his hat. Joe West comes straight out to the mound and says, I'm taking your hat. So and he, he was pissed. We'll say it's an alien substance. Exactly. He was pissed, <laughs> and he's like, I'm taking your hat, get a new hat. Let him stay in the game and pitch, but with a new hat. So Mike Schilt came out, and he got ejected because he lost his mind. So – that started this opened the can of worms. So right after that happened, we got a hat confiscated for a substance showing. Right after that, twins third baseman Josh Donaldson said, Listen, that's nothing new. I've got a whole catalog of pitchers that cheat. You want me to expose it? Because I know all of them. So we know cheating is not new to baseball. Every team tries to get an edge. We've had guys like Jack McDowell come on the show and talk about how different, you know, teams back in the nineties were using the the click system or the different video system and things like that. We know about the Astros and the bank of the trash cans, but this seems to be more of a widespread phenomenon that's amongst some teams. And, you know, some teams have actually, you know, 
employed a, a strategy into this where they're, they're hiring people that are helping develop the way to do this. So elaborate a little bit more. What exactly is happening? Here? Well, I mean, bef- before we get into that, so once that happened, the league made a statement, we're going to crack down. So if we get, if we think it's overkill and you're cheating and we're going to suspend you for 10 games, they suspended a minor league player for the White Sox, um, Marcus Evie. He had too much t- pine tar. So he actually had a 10-game suspension. Um, they've made it clear now if you're cheating, you're going to face time. So they're, str- they're cutting down now, but I feel like we're too far gone. Like to just, It's not going to happen overnight. Is there a particular substance that they're looking for, or is it an in general sticky material? The most common substance that everybody's using across Major League Baseball is called Spider Tech. And Biggie was telling me earlier it was uh, manufactured in North Carolina. Yep. Not so, North Korea. That's yeah. good. Okay. So that's the common substance that pitchers want to put on the ball. I don't know if you all knew this, but Major League Baseball a few years back bought Rawlings. Did you all know that? I did not know that. So, Neither did I. Rawlings, they bought the company, the baseball. So now Major League Baseball essentially makes their own baseballs. So <laughs> before, the, huh. the threads, they were different. And there were so many home run balls, right? So that, And they weren't as, like, uh, they didn't come out as far on the baseball to get the grip. So then Major League Baseball is like, I don't like all these home runs. It's too, too much for the game. It's, it's expanding the, the numbers and all that. So then they're like, we're going to make the threads even bigger so they can get a bigger grip. And then now, on top of that, the change baseballs, that Major League Baseballs change, and these substances, it's like a recipe for disaster. So what's the point in putting a substance on the ball? What exactly is happening when they're doing this? Well, I mean, there's a lot of things that's happening. So uh, it, it's changing your RPMs per pitch. Right, so, so the, the revolution the ball's making. Right. Okay. So that's why everybody talks about the spin rate being such a big deal. Uh, if you're looking at spin rates of other pitchers, you might look at a guy who has a real high spin rate and be like, oh, he's using something. Oh, absolutely. To show what happened here, this year alone, we're on pace to see the lowest batting average in the history of the game ever and the most strikeouts in the history of the game ever. Yeah, I think batting average is like in the 230s. It's insane. I mean, that, that's terrible. But back to – we was talking about spider tech. So it's gone this bad, and you kind of touched on it, Chad, the fact that there are teams now, at least a dozen teams are out there hiring chemists. Allegedly. To make their substance for their pitchers. And they're also using that and what their substance is as a sales pitch for uh, uh, pending free agents so to come I'm join their staff. Come to me, and I will help your ERA. <laughs> I mean, that's so, just- it's one thing if you're doing it as an individual to gain an edge, like with steroids, when as an organization you're employing it, then you have a big issue. Uh, how do we get into that black market? Can we not develop a substance? I bet we could come up with something <laughs> sticky. So this year alone, we've already seen six no-hitters, right? And it's June. It's June. It's June 9th. And I'm going to get into more stats here, but five out of the six pitchers that threw no hitter so far this year has an increase on their RPMs year over year. Okay. So they're not the same pitcher they were last year. So they've done something to alter their game. changed. So we're not saying these guys are on the juice. It's not Roger Clemens. It's something else. Five out of – so was that 83% of the no hitters thrown were people that were – their uh, spin rate, RPMs, is way higher. 
Uh, that sounds right. I'm not going to get go. my calculator out, but I'll go with it. Although you had some dad, you was giving me a look, Biggie. He's, he's giving <laughs> me excited. You just keep talking. I just think Fred Durst was 25 years ahead of time with his <laughs> sticky finger song. There you go. <laughs> wow, can't believe we have a Limp Biscuit reference. <laughs> so everyone wants to point fingers, and this this been exposed. But here's the thing: we all know how Trevor Bauer is. He don't hide from controversy. He's outlandish. He embraces it. Right. So he's essentially he's the poster child for this foreign substance evolution. He's admitted in an interview he uses foreign substances. He's not he's not denying the fact. He's used spider tech and then he's added other stuff to it to make it his own thing. So it, it's similar, but it's actually better than most pitchers. So he's the anti-Garrett Cole when it comes to saying what he's doing out there. Absolutely. And he's not A-Rod because he's at least admitting to some of it. <laughs> I mean, to, to stay, take it a step further, though, since 2016 – Trevor Bauer's spin rate, his RPMs per pitch, has increased by 600 per pitch. On the spins, on the spins. I have a question before you go a little further. Do you think he's getting suspended this year? Because I have him on my fantasy team. I hope so. (laughs) So Trevor Bauer last year on the shortened season, he won a Cy Young. I mean, amazing performance last year. This year, he's, he's been good so far. I mean, not phenomenally great, but good. He's and, been good. But, but what, what effect has Trevor Bauer had on the Reds and the, and the Dodgers since he's joined both teams? I mean, but, like, before we even touch that, though, so, like, we had in the 90s, all these major league hitters were cashing in on these free agent deals because of steroids, right? Oh, yeah. And why wouldn't pitchers do this? If Major League Baseball is not going to enforce it, would you absolutely absolutely not use this? Because you're going to get – look at the deal he just signed. Was it four years, like $90 million? I, he, he's making he's making like $35 million a year for pitching every five days. So if they're not going to enforce it, to me it's a no-brainer. To me it's like the guys, like you just said, using steroids. We can all dog Barry Bonds. They weren't testing for it. He never failed a steroid test, so you can say what you want. These guys are using what's available to them to gain an edge. So if you're MLB, like, how do you feel about this, though? To me, part cheating is part of the game in MLB. There's a reason it they is, change the it? signs every time somebody gets to second. It's where do you draw the line in the sand? When you're setting records in the history of the game for lowest batting average, you probably need to draw a line somewhere. So I'm going to tell you, I'm not a fan of using foreign substance on the ball. I think it's BS. I hate it. You know, it's no it's different. It's been going on since it, the spitball. And it has. You're right. But it's no different than people that cork a bat. You know, it's right. Maybe Just use not. the tools that are given and let's play ball. Right. So, you know, how do you how do you fix this? But let me go back to what I asked yeah, you because okay. we, we were talking right. about this earlier. So – Bauer, for example, like he's not only impacted his own play, right. but also those around him. All right, so the 2018 Reds, we're, we're comparing the 2018 Reds to the 2020 Reds in the uh, strike-shortened season with Bauer. Not strike, COVID. Sorry, COVID, sorry, yeah. So COVID-shortened season with uh, the Reds. The team's RPM as a pitching staff, taking Bauer out, increased by 142. So Bowers obviously is what he is, but the the pitchers that he worked with increased by 142. Damn, no wonder Luis Castillo is like one and six this year. And now what happened to Amir Garrett? <laughs> exactly. It's not just Castillo. Garrett but, can't but even again, play. Mate, I'm assuming that his substance is better. Like I said, it's better than Spider Tech. So he takes it on with him down the road, uh, and now they're back using the regular stuff. Man, what what type of research is his ass done exactly. to figure this out? To take it a step further, the Dodgers this year over last year as a staff, and this is talking about Kershaw, Bueller, 
David Price. Established name. Kenley Jansen, who your old man loves. <laughs> 132 RPMs over last year alone. This year. So an improvement of 132. Absolutely. Holy crap. Year over year. So so there's something in the sauce. Yes. But we're wanting to shit on Bauer because he's so obnoxious and he wants to talk about it. But let's take a step back and let's look at some other big ones because you got Garrett Coe. What did he say in his interview? Uh, I... Uh, I, I don't think I've used it. <laughs> exactly. So it wasn't so long ago. I plead the fifth. Can you describe what sexual relations exactly. mean? <laughs> it wasn't so long ago the Pirates traded Cole to the Astros, and when he was at the Pirates, his ERA was four. And since he, in a, in a few short years, he's increased his spin rate by Man, plus. You know the Astros are in on this. Yeah, they got a chemist in there on their. So you payroll. got Garrett Cole plus two hundred. Shohei Otani coming off of an injury, one of the most dominant two-way players. He's the most dominant two-way player since Babe Ruth, yep. plus 200 on the mound. Brandon Woodruff, who's the best pitcher not named DeGrom in the National League, plus 300 on his RPMs. That's ridiculous. Didn't uh, Otani have Tommy John surgery, right? Last year. And he came back off of that with a plus 200 spin rate? I mean, exactly. when you can't throw the ball, you got time to pick up the chemistry book. Yeah. I, this is insane. So here's the even crazier part. So we keep crapping all over the fundamental part of the game. Yeah, we can't bunt. We have the shifts and whatnot. We don't we don't hit with runners in scoring position. We don't sacrifice the run over. We don't hit to the left side. I got all that. But here's the funny part. This substance, after analyzing it, it makes your fastball 10% more efficient, right, with the, with the RPMs. And it makes your off-speed pitches 30% more effective. Well, yeah, we know the fastball is only going to improve so much because it's not a movement pitch. But when you talk about rotation, you're throwing sinkers 30%. and sliders. 30%. My God. So the average velocity has went up two miles per hour on average. But even though that's happening, the pitchers are shying away from the fastball and they're going off-speed because they want that 30% bang for their buck. Right. Make that make sense. All right. So let, let's. I mean, let's, obviously it makes sense, but it's kinda, madness. Go ahead, Biggs. Well, I just have one question for you. Do you think that the swing and miss, the approach from the hitter, plays into how low the batting average is, or it's more so the foreign substance? Because the approach to the hitting is changed I think so it's much. a combination of both. I think it's both. But then when you're looking at this, I mean, if you can tell me I'm going to throw a slider and it's 30% more effective by just me using a is substance. This, is this the process of the batters trying to adapt to what's happening too so i mean it's probably twofold that's a that's a hard question to answer but to kind of bring it back so you know mr brown shouted a bunch of numbers and things like that so what we're saying is that the pitchers that are using this you can almost pick out who it might be we're not necessarily accusing anybody other than guys who like bauer who are kind of like yeah it is what it is i'm gonna take any advantage i can get what we're saying is their rotation on their release is so much higher than what it is typically that they've done something to alter the ball. So we're talking about revolutions per minute. That ball is getting so much more spin, so you're getting more movement, you're getting more drop and drag and things like that than you ever have before. And we know evolution takes place. Pitchers are pitching faster now than they ever have. So when you throw all that together, no wonder the batting average sucks so bad. Is that pretty much summarizing where we're at? I mean, that's where we're at. So how, is this good or bad for baseball? Terrible. Because we know how, especially your old baseball fans, they always feel this way. When you tarnish the game, 
it's it's ingenuous it's terrible it's bad it's it's lack of integrity and i agree with all those things too so call me an old baseball fan but if it like how many examples do we have where people were convicted of anything you got gallegos for the cardinals but all they did was take his hat like when when is this going to actually come to a head well it's horrible for the game because in an era of sports where every sport is making its rules more uh making the rules easier for the offense to score Baseball's kind of going the opposite direction. They are. And I'm not saying that we need to have a lot of runs for baseball to be enjoyable. I just want it to be what it is. You can't have six no-hitters in the first eight weeks. It's a little odd. (laughs) You know, just saying. And here's the funniest part for me. So, throughout history, hitters have never had a problem with pitchers using pine tar or using something to get a little bit better grip because if they have a better grip, in theory, the pitcher can put the ball more where they want it to be. And you would think as a hitter, the pitcher's going to be less wild unless they're throwing at you, right? But where they've taken this substance way over the top now and the RPMs are so high, we have just witnessed the four most deadliest seasons uh, from a baseball perspective for the hitter. Right, whoa, whoa, deadliest seasons. Yes. So what, what does that mean exactly? It means that hit by pitch and people getting hit in the face, Superstars leaving the game. Superstars leaving the game because they're hit in the face. We've saw Bryce Harper this year. We've saw Ronald Acuna get hit in the face. Yeah, we I saw mean, Kevin we've, Pillar. We made the comparisons to LeBron being down longer for an eye poke than somebody get hit in so, the face because it just happens in the same right, week right. apparently. So these pitchers essentially, because you got ten percent for the fastball, thirty percent for the off speed, they release it and it's going to spin, but they don't know where it's going. So the hitters <laughs> now. It's like I said, it's been four years in a row. We've saw the first, the four worst years in a row. This isn't just like four in the last decade. It's progressive. Four in a row. So they don't know where it's going. And to me, it's, it just makes the game that much harder. Or more dangerous or yeah, more unbalanced. More you know? So if you were Rob Manfred, which I wish you were because he's a piece of shit. We all know that. If you're Rob Manfred, how do you address this? Well, I mean, because, I, like I said, I feel like it's deeper than a steroid scandal because now you have teams hiring chemists, allegedly, like Chad said, but it's true. Um, <laughs> the fact is, if you got people hiring outside people to make your pitchers better and even use that as a sales pitch, I feel like if an umpire like Joe West walks out to the Cardinals guy and he's got it on his hat, start doing uh, steroid suspensions. Like your first time. I was going to say, you mentioned they were going to do 10 games. That's not enough. 10 games is not enough. And I got the players union would have to agree to it and all that. They're not going to go for the same steroid stuff initially. That's something they, And their agreement runs out at the end of the year anyway. So they would have to come up with something, but it's got to be more than 10 games. So nothing this year is going to happen major as far as uh, game suspensions. That 10-game suspension may be the most of what you get because it's not collectively bargained. Correct. But you think that – it'll be a uh, tipping point in this next negotiation. I mean, the owners have to come to the table with that. For the you sake can't of act baseball. like it doesn't exist. Right. You got you to address it. Because you know how much like Bud Selig and then everyone else got uh, the, the scrutiny they got with the Sosa-McGuire uh, home run chase? Yeah. They brought baseball back and everyone loved it, but no one wanted to know. They turned their head as to why. Yeah, how did it happen? We don't want to know. But it, it, we, we talk about how baseball is always trying to reinvent itself to bring new fans in. They want to lower the mound, make bigger bases, shorten the game, ghost runners on second, seventh inning, double headers, all this kind of BS. 
you know, allowing this isn't helping bringing new player or new fans in because it's it's hurting offense and people want to see people. We, we know chicks love the long ball. That's not helping things here. You know, I mean, at the rate this is going, let's bring out more trash cans. Let's start beating them and get the hitters an advantage here. Yeah, just let everybody do the same thing and we'll be on an equal playing field. But if you talk to some of the, some of the guys we've had on our show talk about how almost every team does something like this. It's just that when it's widespread, when you talk about altering a baseball, that to me that's worse than trying to steal signs because everybody tries to steal signs. If you get an advantage, you know we can do that. We we see John Boy Media, who you know we might get on the show one day. We we've had some conversations with them. They had a video with Kelsey Jensen, who you mentioned earlier, where he balked on purpose because a runner on second was he thought he was stealing signs and, and related to the batter. So. Like I get this, but that's that's in the confines of the game, kind of. You know, it's different when you use the technology to enhance and all that. But when we talked to Jack McDowell, they were doing that back in the early '90s with the light system. You know, but when you talk about putting stuff on the ball, to me, that's no different than corking a bat. You know, you're changing the equipment. You're that'd be like a a, a safety in the NFL putting a lead plate in the crown of their helmet so they can knock some ass out. And think about how big the deal was with George Brett back in the 80s with the pine tar incident on a bat. And that's just pine tar on the bat. Just because it was up too high. It's one of the most iconic moments in baseball history, the way they uh, called the home run back, called him out, and he comes charging out of the dugout. Dude, I have nightmares about that. So, like, this isn't any different. And to me, this is actually worse. This is way worse. It's definitely worse. Way worse. And it's worse than steroids too, right? Because this is something anybody can do. You're not necessarily taking a risk health-wise, health-averse, where you're trying to put something in your body. Instead, you're just altering a baseball. I mean, could you imagine if you have a big clob of your Vagisil slash, you know, pine tar mixture that Bowers is, whatever the hell it's made out of. That's right, MLB. Call me. Probably a a slightly uh, chopped (laughs) up – Crushed up some Nugenics. Some Nugenics is on there. And he put it on there. And she'll like it too. Strike three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is out of control. So, yes, it, this this might sound like a conspiracy theory, but on, on June 9th, 2021, we don't know sports is coming to you telling you that this is a widespread problem that you may not know about. Join the truthers. You won't be disappointed. Right. right. Follow us. We believe in flat earth too, right? Uh, <laughs> or maybe not. Follow us. Follow us to freedom. <laughs> Charlie Steiner says that. Y2K is happening, baby. It's all right. So you want to know more about the scandal in, in pitching and baseball? Just just reach out to us. Follow us on social media. You can find us anywhere on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. Facebook's where our bread is buttered more than anything else. And if you're listening to the show, don't forget to follow us. Whether you listen on Spotify, on Apple, Google Play, whatever it may be, we're available wherever you can listen to podcasts. We're about ready to wrap up. And if you've been listening to the show, usually what's happening is we've been addicted to this arcade game that Mr. Brown got in the in the man cave. So, Mr. Brown, you and I were kind of throwing down earlier. How many more teams do we got left to beat in NBA Jam? I believe five. Five left. Yeah, we stuck at the Jazz. The uh, the Jazz got us at the buzzer. Yeah, we we strategized picking the Sonics with uh, Kemp and Peyton because we thought the mailman and Stockton. Well, then they come out with Hornacek and Stockton. We're like, what the hell's going on yeah, here? Yeah, then then Malone comes out in the second half with no injuries after we de- destroyed us. Uh, and Stockton just steals everything. Yes. Stockton might be the best underrated player on that game. Exactly. Him and Scott Skiles. That's right. <laughs> Scott Skiles. 
number 26 assist or whatever it was. 30. 30. My God. One game. Uh, I assure you, when Isaac uses Scott Skiles, no 30 assists. It's not 30 assists. Sorry, Isaac. 33 point attempts. <laughs> uh, well, we're going to wrap up. We're going to play a little NBA Jam, see if we can go ahead and get over the threshold to unlock the expanded rosters because it's been it's been a problem for us. In fact, last week we had trouble finishing the show because NBA Jam and trivia just kind of took over. But things I learned today, I learned that LeBron's still a bitch. I learned that the Bucks are no match for the Nets and that baseball has a serious problem on their hands. If they don't address, it's just going to get worse. Did you guys learn anything? I learned this last weekend. Montana Fouts is the coolest name of a female athlete in Montana history. Montana Fouts? She threw a perfect game in the Women's Softball World Series on her 21st birthday. 21 up, 21 down on her 21st birthday, is, University of Alabama. Is James Madison still uh, still in this? No. Oh. <laughs> They're a fun story. Uh. I will say there is some uh, random players for Alabama softball somehow falling in love with on Instagram, and I can't stop following them. Yeah, I have the same issue. Ah, I knew who she was. Ah, 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 they make it so easy. They make me feel like a dirty old man. <laughs> Mr. Brown, did you learn anything today? Just that you are indeed a dirty old man. Thank you so much for that. That helps my self-confidence even more. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Again, make sure you follow us on social media. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you can find it. Tune in next week. We got a uh, a special guest that's coming on that covers all things football. So we're going to mix it up. It's summertime. He's a huge college football guy. We'll mix in some basketball. A little bit of everything. But, man, this guy's fun, and he's got a big following on YouTube, big following on social media. We're not going to tell you who it is yet. You're just going to wait and see. I did invite him to come to the man cave, but he lives in South Carolina. I thought he might have been local. My bad. Hey. Fun tidbit that I talked to him today, sent him a friend request. His uncle, who used to work at UPS, provided me with this pool table. <laughs> it's a small world after all. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the We Don't Know Sports Podcast. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We will see you next week. Then we're taking a week off. We'll be back after that. Have a good one, everybody.